0: Going Linux, episode 372, Ubuntu Derivatives. Welcome to the Going Linux Podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy. And I'm
1: your co host, Bill.
0: Whether you are new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you with valuable information and advice that will help you in going Linux.
1: We hope that you find this and all our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done.
0: In today's episode, Ubuntu derivatives. Hi, Bill. Hey, Larry. So how's your day so far (laughs) yeah i'm doing okay um yeah uh, with our usual uh hiccups in trying to get the podcast started i think we're good um you've got a new test machine which i think was part of the problem here but uh uh, tell us a little bit about your new test machine
1: yeah the i got a call from a friend who said uh, that uh, a person was wanting to get rid of um their uh old computer, and what I'd be interested in? I said, sure. I was figuring I was going to get a really ancient machine, but it's not as ancient. And I asked when I when I got it, um, I saw that it was an i5 and with six gigs of RAM, a hundred and sixty rust drive with okay. Intel graphics.
0: Uh huh. Not bad. Okay,
1: and I'm thinking, yeah, not bad. So I looked, and the computer is older. It's uh, four to six years old, and uh, but it's still an i5, six bit processor. So I, I I called the lady up because everything worked on it. it it's yeah. a, a Dell Optiplex 790. Okay. And a little, a little mini tower. And I, I asked her, I said, uh, why are you getting rid of this? I said, it, you know, it had Windows 7 on it, which, you know, I took care of that really quickly. Right. Okay. Um, and uh, she said that the Microsoft uh had or she had went to a Microsoft store or wherever, and they said that her machine wasn't beef enough to run uh Windows ten, and if it did run it, it would run it really poorly huh and I'm like so I'm like uh, I don't know if that's true uh so I started looking around before I blasted the win seven off, and I noticed uh something interesting it, it was running a thirty two bit version of Windows 7 Pro.
0: Really? Okay. And it
1: it wasn't a uh, uh, 64-bit version of Windows. And she was having all kinds of driver uh, issues and programs not working. And I'm thinking, yeah, I I can kind of understand why. Because if, you know, you're (laughs) you're, buying, this person works in an accounting field. And so she's Buying a, uh, uh, you know, a, a newer program and it won't 164 or whatever. I don't know. I can't figure it out. It makes no sense. I mean, to me. But it runs really well. So I uh, decided. Uh, I thanked her, and uh, she also gave me a huge 19 inch monitor because they s- apparently um, they sold her on a new monitor, saying that this one wasn't high D, uh, DPI or whatever. Mm-hmm. So long, long, long story short. The uh, computer uh, runs really, really well. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, I think what you said was they're just interested in in selling new hardware. It runs great. Uh, I mean – Really great, and I I find it hard. I think they might have sold her a bill of goods. Uh, You know, I don't see any reason why I couldn't run Windows 10. Well, maybe I can. I don't know. Maybe the Intel graphic. I don't know. I mean, all I know is that everything I've thrown at it, including everything we're getting ready to talk about, has run really, really well. The only thing I would change on it. And I think I'm going to, as I'm going to buy it, since it has uh, you know, a standard hard drive, or I like to call them the rust drive, I want to put a SSD in it. Um, that should really speed up. I mean, it, oh, yeah. it has enough horsepower. It has enough horsepower. It has four cores, you know, um, and a six gigs of RAM. Yeah, that's not a huge amount, but that's not too far off what some of these modern uh computers, you know, the low-end computers are selling. So all in all, uh, I, I've been very p- pleased with it. I mean, it, it even uh, run um, Arch, Fedora, uh, Sabion, which is not the lightest uh, out of the group, you know, so yeah. it, it's run well.
0: For a four, five, six-year-old computer, it's kind of specced the way you would expect it to be, i5, six gigs of RAM, 160 gig hard drive. But 3 gigahertz is, you know, some of the lower end computers these days are, are running that or not too much more for the high performance ones. And uh, yeah. I don't know whether you can get more RAM in it or not, but if you can get it up to eight and you can put a, an SSD drive in at whatever size you want, that's almost uh, current specs, even though the computer is four to six years old. So, yeah, that thing should run just about anything
1: it does uh, about the only thing that I did before I started up um, is I of course uh, opened up the side and and it was dusty of course uh-huh, uh-huh. so you know I clean I blew it all out cleaned it up checked the connections and uh, so far it's it's run flawlessly it's, it runs really quiet uh, even I was talking to you I have Mate on it right now mm-hmm. and I was and I was telling you I have like 15 tabs open and and uh, the system it was only using 2.2 of the gigahertz and none of it the swap.
0: Yeah, it's it seems like it's performing well. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, because i've been I've been punishing it uh, quite a bit just for uh, just to see what it, you know if I could get it to find something it wouldn't run. And uh, I think you sold me on one thing, Larry is Intel graphics, or uh, I think AMD also has their drivers in the kernel too. Mm-hmm. I, I'm almost, my next one, because uh, I've had so many issues trying to get these NVIDIA driver, they play nice, because mine has built-in Intel, but it also has that discrete, it's supposed to switch, and it never yeah. did really well uh, under uh, Windows when I first had it either, so I think an all-Intel machine or all-AMD machine or something, but yeah, I tell you, the the Intel has just been really nice to ins- to get get up and running. It just you know, boom, and it runs. I'm like, huh. now I know what it feels like to actually put you know have to deal with installing additional drivers and going in and fiddling with config files. So yeah, Intel's starting to make a believer out of me.
0: Yeah, it's it's nice and smooth when you've got a computer that's designed to be compatible with Linux or at least. Whether it's designed to be or not, whether it is compatible with Linux or not, determines how smoothly the installation and the running goes. And as long as you're not taxing the the graphics with the latest uh, demanding uh, games uh, for three D games and highest performance games, Intel graphics is just fine. And as it increases in performance, it's getting better and better at running games as it well. Is yeah. So I'd be interested to see what you do about your gaming um uh, predilection. I was going to say addiction. Maybe you're not addicted, <laughs> but predilection <laughs> to gaming uh, on this machine and see what actually comes out of it whether you decide to go virtual machine for games or something else. But hey, um we'll see. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. We'll so see. um this this lady who provided you with this essentially brand new 5-year-old machine oh, yeah. Um, I hope she gave you a good price on it. Free. That's a good price. She gave it away for free, and she went to the Microsoft store, and they sold her on new hardware and a new monitor, and she still gave away her old computer to you for free. What did Microsoft end up selling her?
1: Okay, so she didn't. First off, if I hadn't taken it, she was just going to scrap the whole thing and send it to a landfill. (gasps) A perfect, oh, yeah, yeah. The horror, the horror. The um, so she, uh, they, of course, since she, um, she's into accounting. They, she, she got another. I guess a little mini tower. Uh, I, I think it, it has like, I think she said sixteen gigs of RAM.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, a SSD, a storage drive, uh, the highest i7. Because she said she almost went with an i9. And I'm thinking, that's a lot of overkill for a counting machine. But the one thing she was irritated is it doesn't have a optical drive. <laughs> and uh, so she, uh, I think she either had to have them put it in or it didn't come with it. So she had to buy an optical drive. Uh, she bought a, uh, I think it was, she said like a 20-inch um, 4K monitor.
0: That, that'll that run those spreadsheets just fine.
1: Yeah. I mean, she was very proud of it. I'm like, uh, but the monitor you have that I'm actually looking at right now works really well. I, I've used it for some office stuff uh, for work. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she's like, no, they said it needed to be higher definition. And you know, I, I don't know what else it has in it. But, it, yeah, she said it put her back about 20, 2300 bucks. Okay. I can see that. With the monitor and everything like that. Um, and I know she probably bought the service plan and everything else like that. So, uh, thank you, Microsoft. I'll take a free computer.
0: Yeah, exactly. Congratulations, Microsoft on a, um, an oversold, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, let's just leave it at that.
1: Oh, and you remember now she had that, she, she got pro too. She was telling me, cause I asked her what version. Windows she 10 won. pro. She, Windows 10 Pro, yeah. because she had Windows 7 Pro on this. I don't know what she she's planning to do with it, but apparently, thing has enough horsepower to run spreads uh, spreadsheets for NASA. I don't know. the um, The one thing that I did find interesting is that uh, the first thing um, that she uh, commented on is that um, because she deals with uh, people's uh, accounts and stuff. Um, she wanted to make sure that it was secure, and also that the uh, yeah, updates wouldn't come at uh, a bad time. And so she went in and she, you know, had to adjust some privacy settings and stuff. But she said that, "Well, we're not exactly the fastest internet out here," and it took her like an hour, an hour and a half before the updates were finished.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I can understand why she doesn't want the updates coming at. Inopportune times, if the internet is slow enough to make that yeah, take an hour, yeah,
1: the, 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 she has a business uh, plan, so yeah. I'm sure it's a little uh, better. But what she uh, she was asking says, "Well, how does this get into updates?" Uh, I had to think back. I guess yeah, back in Windows Seven and stuff, you had to actually, uh, I don't know, use a disk or whatever. But anyway, I told her it's it's pushed to her automatically, and she wasn't too keen on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I said, well, Windows 10, I said, you can defer. You only can defer, I think, is like 30 days. And pro might be a little different, but and she didn't quite uh, like that. She says, well, what if it's just working? I don't want any updates. Well, unfortunately, you don't have an option. You have to take the updates. Um, I told her the trick. You could tell it to do a uh, metered connection, and it's supposed not to do any major up. You know, uh, downloads, uh, security updates, yes, but not the major feature releases, like they do twice a year.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So, ho- hopefully, that was helpful. But I thought it was kind of funny a Linux guy giving a, a Windows user on how not to get updates. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well.
1: Well, like I said, it, I I understand why she's using it. I'm not hard, I'm not bashing Windows. Uh,
0: um. Not yeah, today, that's... anyway. Sounds like the uh, salesperson took advantage of, of the fact that she felt that she needed higher performance on her computer.
1: Well, I think, from what I can figure out, and I actually told her, I said, um, "You're you're running a 32-bit version of Windows Seven Pro, and that might be causing some issues with some of this latest accounting software." Mm-hmm. You know, if she was telling me it would run slow, or it wouldn't let her save a file, or whatever. I don't know if that has anything to do with. I'm not a Windows programmer, but it might be. But anyway, this is not talking about Windows. This is talk about going Linux.
0: <laughs> okay, well let's let's do that. Although part of going Linux is leaving Windows behind, and some of what we've been describing is why people leave Windows behind.
1: That's true. I just also I also just want to. Say is uh, I'm trying to be as neutral as I can because you know le- any time we talk about Windows and say anything negative, even if it's true, we catch some flack once in a while.
0: Yeah, once, so, in a while.
1: Uh, once in a while. Once in a while. so I'm not I'm not bashing. I'm just telling you if you know these are these are problems. So anyway, so today, Larry. Yes. We're going to take we're going to take a high level view of some of the Ubuntu derivatives to give people an overview of what is out there. Uh, Larry, I'm going to hand it over to you for the first one because I want you to cover Ubuntu Mate since I know that you're a fan of that distro.
0: Yes, indeed I am. And all of the distributions that we're going to be talking about today are derivatives of Ubuntu. And we're going to make the assumption that, you know, what Ubuntu is, maybe you're already running Ubuntu, maybe you've tried it, and you've tried maybe one of the distributions that we're going to talk about here, or maybe you're using something else. But we're not going to spend any time on Ubuntu other than to say each of these is a derivative of Ubuntu, which, of course, in turn, is a derivative of debian which is one of the original uh, linux distributions out there and if you listen to um, in our last listener feedback episode one of our listeners had provided us a link to the latest distribution chart or history of linux sort of thing and debian's been Uh, around a long time. It's far on the left-hand side of that chart, for sure. Anyway, so according to the Ubuntu Mate website, here's how they describe the distribution. The Mate desktop is an implementation of a desktop environment and includes a file manager, which can connect you to your local and networked files, a text editor, calculator, archive manager, image viewer, Document Viewer, System Monitor, and Terminal, all of which are highly customizable and managed via a control center. Mate Desktop provides an intuitive and attractive desktop environment using traditional metaphors, which means if you've ever used Microsoft Windows or Apple Mac OS, it will feel very familiar. The Mate Desktop has a rich history and is the continuation of the GNOME 2 desktop, which was the default desktop environment on many linux and unix operating systems for over a decade this means that mate desktop is tried tested and very reliable the minimum hardware requirements for ubuntu mate are a pentium m 1.0 gigahertz processor one gigabyte of ram that's one gigabyte of ram nine <laughs> gigabytes of available space on the hard disk uh, and if you don't have that much space, you're just not trying, or you've got a really old machine, a uh, bootable DVD-ROM drive, uh, and I'm not sure that's absolutely essential these days, Uh, keyboard and mouse or other pointing device, video adapter and monitor with at least 1024 by 768 or higher resolution, a sound card and speakers or headphones, and that's it that's all you're required to have to run ubuntu mate
1: which if you look at those uh, requirements are very very low uh considering that my test machine is 5 6 years old and it exceeds those by a lot you you could probably go back even farther and still have a machine that can run ubuntu mate nowadays we have more uh, than that in even our lowest um, uh, new laptops they sell. So right. um, when I saw the system requirements, I had to actually look <laughs> again
0: mm-hmm. just
1: to make sure I was reading it right. Now, I will say this was taken directly from the website because they a lot of these guys really have sat down and said, this this is what we we're trying to get across, and I, I couldn't have written anything better. So... Uh, The founders of Ubuntu Mate are Martin Winpress and uh, Project Co-Founder, and he's a Mate Desktop Developer and Ubuntu Mate Project Lead. And then Alan Pope, uh, he's a Project Co-Founder, and on their website, and T T-Boy. So uh, just so everybody knows, I think both of them are English, (laughs) so they like their tea. So, Larry, do you – do you have any thoughts on on, on this of derivative as far as, uh, you know, use case scenarios? Uh, how, what would you say uh, the first time you, you looked at it? Uh, did it remind you more of a Windows or an OSX machine? What's your thoughts on this?
0: Yeah, so I've got a lot of thoughts on this. In fact, I put all of those thoughts down into a book. Uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, plug the book. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but Ubuntu Mate, and we'll have a link to the book and all of these sites in our show notes, of course. Um, Ubuntu Mate, and you pronounce it, mate, I was pronouncing Mate, uh, you know, I think it is um, officially pronounced Mate because it's, the the name comes from the Yerba Mate plant, so which is ah, pronounced Mate. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's M-A-T-E, which is in English. Even English from England is mate. So I have no problem with people calling it mate. Um, Anyway, uh, in answer to your question, Ubuntu Mate is the distribution that I recommend to everybody when they talk to me at first about wanting to switch over to Linux. And the reason I do that is because, as you could tell from the minimum hardware requirements, it'll run on just about any computer out there. It runs very quickly it's easy to use and to set up in the way that you want it set up to run your computer Um, and you know that's described as ease of use in most parts Uh, and yes it's easy to use for sure Uh, but it's also um, something that is easy to get into easy to install easy to understand and it has pre-installed most of the software that most people will want to use, things like an office suite and a file manager. And it was described as an archive manager in the, the write-up uh, from their website. But what an archive manager is, is something that zips your files or compresses your files. Uh, so that's all built in there as well as all the software you'd need to get started with a computer and that's all pre-installed by default so lots of lots of things to make somebody feel at home as soon as they've uh, installed and start using ubuntu mate or try it for the first time whether they're moving from windows or mac or somewhere else Uh, and one of the key features that makes ubuntu mate so easy For me to recommend it is the fact that the Ubuntu Mate tweak program, which is part of their control center, uh, allows you to yeah it it allows you to switch quite quickly and easily between panel layouts and panel for the uninitiated is the name that Linux gives to the uh, bar that Windows calls a taskbar and so you can put that anywhere you want you can lay the thing out like Uh, like Windows. You can lay the thing out like Mac. You can lay the thing out like old school um, uh, Ubuntu from 2010, if you want to. Uh, Or you can lay it out like the latest Ubuntu um, or anything else you want with the quick selection in Ubuntu tweak of a panel layout and you don't even have to restart the computer to make that switch. So it's really, really easy. That's why I recommend it. And that's what I think of it. Can you tell I'm a fanboy?
1: Yeah, you're a fanboy. And, and I have to say, uh, I've got it running right now, and it runs really well. So the what impressed me was the low requirements. But what I got a bigger kick out of is you have a... Uh, under developers, you get a mention, and it says Larry Bushy, documentation writer and author of Ubuntu Mate Upgrading from Windows or OSX, right on their website, and I'm jealous.
0: <laughs> so the book we already described, but what they're talking about, a documentation writer, is when you go into Ubuntu Mate and you tap the uh, applications or the menu button, uh, and you type in the word help right after you do that there's a help system built in there and i wrote that so it's the documentation that like that guides you through learning to use ubuntu mate right there on the screen built in to the software
1: so yeah so you can tell he's also a fanboy and he's a uh, documentation writer and i and i have to say they that uh they do a great job Uh, i really like um with their project going and I could safely recommend this one. Now I do want to uh, add one thing, I know uh, people that use, already use Linux uh, might say, well I can, if I want the Mate or, uh, or another desktop I could just install it right from the repos and switch to it and they're absolutely correct. The reason that we're going over this high level, deriv- or, uh, high level of these derivatives is to provide information for someone that it doesn't know that they can switch right away and we want want them to know what to expect and, you know everybody has to start at the beginning and so we kind of want to say this is this one has everything you need to start working and then they, once they've gotten a more confidence then they'll be able to say well you know maybe I want to try a different desktop I'll just just install it now that I know I can, because under Windows and OS X you can do some um, you, uh, use some um, third-party applications and stuff, but you really can't change that much. Uh, it has to be within that their that uh, defined framework of Microsoft or Apple, and Apple being one of the people, yeah, they really don't like anybody to change their desktop paradigm.
0: Yeah. And uh, one caution on uh, people starting with a distribution and switching the desktop, even though you can do that from any of these distributions, uh, whether it's Ubuntu, Ubuntu, Mate, Lubuntu, Zubuntu, any of them, uh, you can switch to a different desktop quite easily by installing the appropriate desktop files from the repos or repositories, as uh, Bill just said. One of the advantages of going directly to one of these distributions rather than installing it yourself is the fact that there are a few tweaks that need to be made when switching uh, desktop environments. So for example, one of the things you'll find is that if you start with Ubuntu Mate and you decide that you want to switch over to the XFCE desktop, for example, um, you'll end up with... Instead of the default file manager with Ubuntu MATE, which is uh, C-A-J-A, and that's part of the desktop environment, the MATE desktop environment. With XFCE, uh, the desktop environment includes uh, a file manager, and the one that comes with XFCE by default is Thunar, and the one that comes with gnome by default i think is nautilus and you'll find others kde's is dolphin and the file manager is just one example of a provided application that is part of the desktop environment that gets switched when you switch desktop environments and sometimes like i said you have to make some adjustments to uh, adjust it, particularly the file manager i mentioned that because the way the desktop works is often controlled by the file manager for these distributions. So just be a little careful when you switch.
1: I think what we wanted to kind of get across is that a lot of these, if you go into one, you learn that when the fit and finish, the developers have taken the time to make sure everything works seamlessly. And so once you get used to that, then I think you you know if you do decide to switch to a different distribution or to switch out your uh, desktop you you at least have a base to work from mm-hmm. so that's why uh, Ubuntu Mate is a real good one to start with um, so anyway that's kind of the reason the link to every one of these we're talking about is in the show notes under the nice pretty graphics so you're know, easy to find
0: yeah absolutely okay so shall we move on to our next distribution bill yes Okay.
1: The next, the next one that we're going to talk about is called Lubuntu. and uh, I like it a lot. Uh, and I, I, I was running this one for a while on test machine because it, it runs really, really well. Lubuntu is a uh, is a very fast and lightweight um, operating system with a clean and easy to use interface. It has a Linux system, of course, that uses the minimal desktop, the LXDE and Alex QT um, I guess they're transitioning over uh to, to the Alex QT um, and a selection of light applications because of this Lubuntu has a very low hardware requirements. Lubuntu was founded by and I'm going to say his name but I believe it's Mario Beeling I think that's how it's said has been grown for many years by Julian Nevern. Uh and they say, please join us and install Ubuntu on your computer. And the funny thing is, the hardware requirements are the exact same requirements that are for Ubuntu Mate. Uh, and remember that these are the minimum requirements. So if you have more, then it should be even better. Ubuntu is a very lightweight and fast. Uh, if you like speed, it. Uh, this one you should try if you have one that's with really low specs um, give it a look uh, This seem very friendly and uh, open i um, chatted with a few of the users and everybody seems to like it where i like it that the desktop's not quite what i like but it's uh, it's very usable it has everything you need to get things done and that's what was important
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll notice that some of the uh, ways of working within each of these distributions is a little bit different. But they're all, as we stated at the top of the podcast, they're all based on Ubuntu. So there are certain things that you can expect. As a derivative of Ubuntu, like uh, the office suite they install, they all install LibreOffice by default. They all um, use the Debian package format for their packages or software installs, and they follow along in the uh, Ubuntu release cycle. So they don't release exactly at the same time as Ubuntu itself, but they follow along very quickly afterwards if dot. Um, on exactly the same uh, schedule.
1: Well, I do also, just for, uh, for um, clarity, every one of these I did run, and they're all the latest version because I wanted to see what the latest and greatest was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so they're all at 1904. Another thing I, we kind of wanted to go over this is, you know, as you said, the, a lot of the back end stuff is straight. From Ubuntu, then you know, no one had to create anything new but this this also means that if you have um, something runs Ubuntu and you want to install mate, the back end uh, like for the updated drivers and stuff is still being pulled from Ubuntu, so you 're going to have that compatibility with any of these If you run on Ubuntu it it should run on as Ubuntu, Lubuntu, Ubuntu, Mate, whatever. So it's good to know that the back um, components or core systems are all there, they, and and so that no one had to rewrite something. So they
0: usually just always work. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, and you mentioned, Bill, that for Lubuntu, they're in this transition between... LXDE is the desktop environment, and LXQT, for the average user, you don't need to worry about that, and you probably wouldn't notice any difference, but just for those technically interested, uh, 18.04, the last long-term support version, used LXDE, and 18.10 and 19.04 are using lxqt as the desktop environment so if you're using the last stable version uh, or the last um, long-term support version and you upgrade to the next long-term support version or you just flat out install the next long-term support version the desktop environment might be a little bit different because of the change but i don't think there's really too much difference in terms of how The user sees the desktop and what it actually does Uh, i don't see that they're changing any of the packages the application packages or the file manager uh, or anything else that goes along with it so uh, it should be pretty straightforward going forward
1: yeah, I think they, they're finding that the LXQT is very lightweight and very fast and mm-hmm. uh, they're able to do some more uh, fancy stuff with it. So, yeah, progress is good. So, uh, if you were looking at a, a long-term support of Lubuntu and then you go to the next one, it's not going to be so radically different that you're not going to be able to know what's going on. You probably won't, you probably the only thing you'll see maybe some, some new, uh, Uh, flashy stuff on the screen or something uh, light, uh, you know, uh, life improvements or ease of use improvements or something like that to make it even more easier to use. So, yeah, I don't think that you're right that they should even be worried about that. But we wanted to include that for the more technically minded guys.
0: Yeah, there you go. And gals and gals
1: and gals and kids.
0: Yep. Okay. uh, Our next distribution we're going to provide an overview of it is Zubuntu. And their website, as all these Ubuntu derivative websites, is well laid out and pretty full of information. Um let's see what they say about this derivative of Ubuntu. This comes directly from their website zubuntu is an elegant and easy to use operating system zubuntu comes with xfce which is a stable light and configurable desktop environment it is perfect for those who want to make the most of their desktops laptops and netbooks featuring a modern look and enough features for efficient daily use it works well on older hardware too so the way the project is managed by the Zubuntu team and the community is uh, on their community website, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes as well.
1: Yeah, it, that page tells you um, how it's governed and and you know how you can be involved. And you know, it's always good to know what the community and what the developers are, try, are trying to accomplish and also how the project is run. So it also says uh, the following, which is nice Larry. The Zubuntu team has four major areas of focus. Uh, These guidelines help the developers work in a way that benefits the Zubuntu users most. The first one is usability. A Zubuntu should help the user to accomplish their tasks not be in the way. Furthermore, the various aspects of Zubuntu should be configurable. Two, performance. Zubuntu should allow the user to get the most out of their hardware by being user friendly. It should be lightweight enough to run on moderately old machines as well. The third area of focus is ready to use product. The Zubuntu experience should be smooth and unified from the boot to the shutdown. All aspects of the operating system should be integrated and polished. Fourth area is community. The community infrastructure and communication should be robust enough to be to enable the contributors to direct their efforts into making Subuntu better and not resolve irrelevant issues. And I liked that that statement of what they were trying to do was very clear. I liked how they, you know they're saying this is what we expect. This is what we're aiming for, and when you look at the community page on how you know the project is run, you see that they're really trying to keep down any kind of conflicts they They just want to make the best Linux distribution. And Zubuntu runs really well on my machine also, and if you haven't noticed, um, you'll see that uh, a lot of these, uh, as we're getting ready to talk about the next one, are lightweight. And uh, so, yeah, I was very impressed with it. They really took the time to explain what they were trying to accomplish, and... Um, so yeah, I would say Ubuntu, uh, good job, folks. As far as that, I've really enjoyed your software, and it, like I said, it installed perfectly, runs super fast. Uh, I plan to run it again, and maybe even on my big machine, just because it's so blazingly fast. Yeah, and I also like to, I also like the logo. It's it's uh, a little mouse head.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, just for those of you who are trying to find Zubuntu and looking for it beginning with the letter Z or Z, uh, it actually begins with the letter X. So, you know, the, the four points that you just described as Zubuntu's guidance for developers, um, very similar things could be said about Ubuntu Mate or Lubuntu. Yes. Uh, the You know, they all aim for the same kinds of things a very high performance linux distribution very usable ready to use out of the box and um, with a community infrastructure that really helps focus the direction of development of the distribution
1: so larry the next one that we're going to be uh <laughs> talking about is a little heavier weight it's not as light as ubuntu or mate or is ubuntu or lubuntu but it uh, is probably one of the more popular ones. Uh, and so moving along, we're going to look at Kubuntu. And this uses the KDE Plasma desktop, and KDE also includes large amounts of applications. So Kubuntu is a community-developed and supported project since its launch in October of 2004. So it's been around a while. Yeah. Kubuntu has become one of the most highly regarded Linux distributions with millions of users around the world. And they state, our mission is to provide the latest stable KDE software, which includes the flagship project Plasma, our desktop environment, on top of a stable Ubuntu core. And they say, we release in six-month cycles following the same freeze milestones as Ubuntu. And they also state on their website that Kubuntu will always be free to download, free to use, and free to distribute to others. With these goals in mind, Kubuntu aims to be the most widely used Linux system and is the center of a global open source software ecosystem. Big words. Uh, now, Kubuntu run fine on my test machine, and it reminds me of lot. Of Windows XP ish and, and or uh, Windows Seven, um, they have some big goals. I think uh, you know all these guys would like to be the most used uh, Linux out there or distribution. So uh, it's good to see it. The the statements there come from the website, and, and I have to applaud them. At least they let you know right up front: we want to be the one you use. Yes. So. Yeah, it wasn't as bad that the Plasma desktop, it looked like they've really tuned it well. I remember I tried Kubuntu maybe a couple of years ago for any period of time. I did do a quick review of Kubuntu not too long ago, but even this one just seems to not require quite as much system resources. But that being said... Larry, why don't you read the minimum? And then you can kind of see, you know, that this is a little heavier system.
0: Yeah, it is. And it requires two gigabytes of RAM. So twice as much as the others, Uh, still not very much. A dual core processor is a minimum, two gigahertz of speed, 20 gigabytes of hard drive space. So you can tell right there that they're installing more software uh, up front, And a lot of that has to do with the Plasma desktop, I'm sure. Uh, Bootable media like USB or DVD and internet access is optional, but recommended. This is also what's recommended as minimum for its latest distribution uh, version, 19.04. And that's the version that Bill has tested on his machines, as he mentioned earlier. And remember that the machine he tested on is five years old. And before he formatted, it was running Windows 7.0. And the person who gave it to him said that she was told that it wouldn't run Windows 10. We don't know that for a fact. Uh, And bottom line is, you might want to give a look at Kubuntu, give it a try. It is the first Ubuntu derivative that I tried after switching over from uh, an RPM-based distribution that I was using at the time, which was... um, OpenSUSE and I was using the KDE desktop on OpenSUSE and so it made sense to me to try Kubuntu. When it first came out, I thought, ah, there's a lot of publicity around this being a an easy-to-use desktop that is very similar to at the time Windows XP. And uh I decided to try it for those reasons. And It turns out that it was much easier to use than uh, OpenSUSE uh, because they had paid attention to what does an average user want to do and what does an average user want to have pre-set up for them, whether they're a technical tinkerer or whether they just want to get things done. And Kubuntu handled both quite adequately, whereas OpenSUSE requires a little more fiddling and does today, I think.
1: Yeah, and one thing that, uh, not all of it, all of their applications have this, but um, a lot of them do. They love the letter K because actually, uh, you'll see like, uh, What's that? Conqueror is that they inc- still include that? Is their uh, web browser and they like to throw K's on front of stuff or uh, not? N- not all of them, uh, but another one of their word processors called Kate.
0: <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah,
1: so it's it, for those that have never used it. It's spelled K-U-B-U-N-T-O. So they they basically put the added a k on front of ubuntu (laughs) so just so if you start looking for it it's look for i just put a k and then type ubuntu and you're going to find it but we also included a link in the show notes yes
0: okay so let's chat about ubuntu studio so bill i know you've used it before let me just first start by reading the quick summary from their website Ubuntu Studio is a community effort created by volunteers targeted towards all skill levels from beginner to pro and aims to be easy to install and easy to use as well as provide all the tools necessary for any type of media content creation. What do you think, Bill? Yes.
1: I used uh, Ubuntu Studio for probably about six months solid. It has... A lot of stuff and, uh, for, from audio to graphics to video to publishing. So, uh, Ubuntu Studio Larry uses the XFCE desktop and it's aimed at, as you guess, the creative types in our, in our myths. Uh, and let's see what they have to say, uh, from their website about, you know, what they were trying to accomplish with this distribution. And they write, and they say basically Ubuntu Studio is a free and open source operating system and an official flavor of Ubuntu. Ubuntu Studio is, uh, most widely used, uh, multimedia oriented GNU or GNU Linux, uh, distribution in the world. It comes pre-installed with a selection of the most common, free multimedia applications available and is configured for best performance for the Ubuntu Studio uh, defined workflows: the audio, the graphics, the video, photography, and the publishing. They also outlined that their goals were uh, with the following statement: we aim to be a gateway for users coming into the Linux world, wanting to use links for multimedia. Content creation by providing applications and the documentation as well as being a portal to other gnu Linux and false communities in the world so basically if if you are uh, wanting to make uh, YouTube videos or you want to retouch photos or you're a photographer or you want to uh, create music. They have all kinds of plugins and applications and they really are going after the creative types more than any of the other distributions we talked about. It's a pretty good uh distribution. They don't really have a, a LTS I guess because of the way the uh, content creation is they need to have a faster, uh, upgrade, uh, path. Does that make, uh, sense as, uh, to you? Or? Yeah. I particularly don't want to have to redo my workflow every t- every six months, but then the in-place uh, update would, uh, you know, hopefully keep all those settings. It's just, usually when we use Linux, I want to as I like to say, set it and forget it because uh, it takes too much work for me to get things just the way I like it. I know there was one time they were talking about maybe changing away from XFCE, and uh they decided, I guess, to stay with it. It's just – I don't know if it, this is the best um, one for a someone that just needs a Linux to surf the web, watch uh videos because all the programs – that they include by default, you can get on other the other derivatives. So, give you an example. One of the first things that we do when we uh, it, do a clean install is we install Audacity <laughs> because that's how we do the podcast. Right. So, Audacity uh, is automatically installed uh, by default uh, on a bunch of Studio, and, uh, and also they have a lot of like Jack plugins for mics. Uh, I'll use uh, Ubuntu Amate because that team basically picked uh, the best image viewer. And instead of including five, they include what they felt was the best. Ubuntu Studio, and you might get four or five, and then you have to see which one works for you. So that's the kind of mindset. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Ubuntu Studio, I've used a little bit as well. uh, And... As I mentioned earlier, each of these distributions has tweaked their installation of all these applications so that they run for the purpose that they're intended. And one of the things that Ubuntu Studio has tweaked is the kernel itself, the Linux kernel. They're using a low latency kernel so that you don't have any latency in your audio or video or those kinds of things. And the applications they install are less the best of a particular category and more like a an overall sampling of what's available for audio and graphic and and video production and photography and it gives you a lot of things to choose from you can use whatever you want you can use them in combination with one another or switch between them and i find that ubuntu studio is a great Linux distribution to use if you are in any of these areas of audio, video, photography, and you don't know what is available. Uh, it's a it's a great yeah, way to find out what's available. Already tuned to work as well as it possibly can, and so it's a great proving ground.
1: Now, I do want to also during setup, it'll ask you, do you and you can pick you can pick all of them. Or you can just pick I say you just do a lot of photography, then you can click that and it will only install that package. Okay. So you don't have to take everything. But then again, can if you know what you'd like and what you can use, you can install the same applications on any of these distributions. Mm-hmm. So it just kinda I, I think What they were trying to accomplish is they were trying to say, hey, if you're a creative type and you want to just use things to get your content creation out and done, here we go. We've got audio for you. We've got the graphics for you. We've got the video for you. We've got the photography and if, and publishing. So if you just, if you're new and you have no clue, about, you know, what to use as far in those, in those areas, then this will come with a good selection to at least get you started uh, along the path. So yep. that's their strong their strong point. But I, I didn't I don't want anybody to think that's listening to this they that, uh, that these are just exclusive to Ubuntu Studio. They're not. Uh, so you know you might just load up Ubuntu Studio, find out what you like, and say you know what I, I don't really like how their desktop set up, and that's why we've gone over so many. I'm going to use this desktop with these programs. So. You know, it can be a stepping stone, or you might install and say, "Hey, this is the world. This is better than uh, peanut butter, and we're going to keep on going." So, yeah. So every one of these serves a, a a purpose. Some of them are more niche than others.
0: Okay. So the last derivative we're going to cover is Ubuntu Budgie. Budgie, like the bird. B-U-G-I-E. Uh, so Bill, you've used this. Can you tell me? Yes. Uh, uh, anything about this particular version of Ubuntu?
1: Well, I was very impressed with the project. They are it has a very nice desktop, and it's clean and easy to use. And from the website, it says, if they're a proud official member of the Ubuntu family. We combine the simplicity and elegance of the Budgie desktop to produce a traditional desktop-oriented distro with a modern paradigm. Bungie is a desktop environment focused on having a clean and yet very powerful desktop without unnecessary bloat. And I've included a link to the website in, in the show notes that gives you more information about the Bungie desktop interface. And that link will lead you to their GitHub, which they have all their documentation stuff on. The desktop always reminds me of a kind of a cross between... OS X and has some elements of Windows. Um, It's very customizable. It's very fast. And I think what they're trying to serve is and focus on is a desktop environment for basically end users. Now they're not looking at developers, not saying that you can't develop on it, but they're looking for people just wanna come, nice, clean, easy to use and starts working. Let's mention some of the developers, uh, cause they're a really small team. I think it's like only six people and they do a really, a really great job. And I was really impressed about the amount of work that they can get out, get done. It's this, as someone that has, has tried to to see what was involved in creating a distribution, um, it, it's not just, you know, downloading, uh, a base Ubuntu and then just you know throwing a desktop. There's a lot of stuff that goes underneath the theming, the documentation, picking of applications, um, making sure that they look right. Make you know so there's there's a lot that goes into this. So Larry, why don't you give these guys a um, uh, the this this small developer team a shout out?
0: Sure. Okay. So the project founder and leader is David Mohammed also known as FOSS Freedom. Uh, there's uh, the designer and developer Rohan Vilath. I hope I get these names correct. Also known as Hexcube. The designer and coordinator is Udara Madub And developer Sirdar. Okay, and then web developer manager Nikola Stoic, uh, also known as Grindam N., And Dustin Kryzak, bashful robot. He's the system administrator. So there you go. Um, I did the best I could with your names. I apologize if I got them slightly differently than you pronounce them, but hopefully I was close.
1: And just so you know, Larry, I put that on your side, because if I tried to pronounce half those, it would have come off really, really bad. (laughs) That's
0: okay. So as (laughs) you can see, there are a lot of choices for your desktop. And we uh, conducted this overview to inspire you to look at some of the choices we've outlined. If plain Ubuntu is not your liking, maybe give one of these distributions a try or all of them. Hey, they're all free.
1: All of these distros, except for the ones stated, use the same requirements as the base Ubuntu. If you are in search for a new desktop, one of these might fit your needs. Unless otherwise stated, I've tested the 1904 versions of all these because I wanted to see what the latest and greatest was and and what was being offered. I was impressed with what these projects have done. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed uh, playing with all these. And uh, if you do decide to check these out, please write us in and let us know how these worked out for you.
0: Yeah. um, GoingLinux at gmail.com is our email address. If you want to let us drop us a line. So our next episode, as is our tradition, is listener feedback. So until then, you can go to our website at goinglinux.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe. We are the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done.
1: And if you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining discussion in our Going Linux podcast community on community.goinglinux.com.
0: Until next time,
1: thanks for listening. 73.
0: The music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.